trigger warning. Hey, future Antonio and Abby here. We want to say that this conversation was pretty heavy. We talk about a lot of triggering things and we want to give you a heads up that this might be really difficult. Um, Antonio talks about a lot of his issues and his growing up and Abby talks about her also like issues and things that she's had to overcome. Um, but just know that if you're not comfortable hearing about personal safety concerns, please do not. Yeah. Like, please, please turn off the channel (laughs) and go to a different episode. (laughs) Yeah. Please check out a different episode. This is, um, a heavy subject. These are all heavy subjects. So please proceed with caution if you do have mm-hmm. some things that you need to work through and don't want to listen to. Just know that we are here because of our growth and our experiences. And these things are the reason why we are the way that we are. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make them less okay. Also is just something that we really need to be aware of. And we hope that you understand this part about us too. Yeah. And we've created a safe space within our friendship. Yes. So that is why we're able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a safe space for all the listeners too. Exactly. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello. Hello. We're on the floor. Wait, wait, is that like a normal thing to say? We're on the floor. What? Oh, no, we're physically on the floor. We're on the yeah. floor. <laughs> what did you think I was saying? I thought you were like, we're on the air. Oh. <laughs> I was like, we're on the floor. <laughs> what does that no. mean? No. We're, we're, we're literally on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing. Um, You're the one even more on the floor than I am. Oh, I'm fully on the floor. Yeah. My legs kind of raised, but other than that. You're like head on floor. Yeah. Yeah, baby. This is my natural habitat. Um, for example, like when I was doing my immersive, I, at like the second half, actually just like in general, um, we started at 9 a.m. And at 11 a.m. I had like, I was just like, it's time to stretch. So I'd get on the floor and either be in like a lecture or um, with friends on a Zoom meeting or coding or whatever. And I'd just be stretching in the middle of it. Eventually, it turned into like a group project at one point. And we'd be in like the middle of a stand-up or like a meeting. And I'd be like, guys, it's 11 o'clock. And they go, it's Antonio on the floor time. I'm like, you best believe it. (laughs) It's so nice. It's very grounding. Ha. Ha. (laughs) 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 What? Can you see my face? No. Just the reaction was better than what I wanted. Ha. Um, Ha. (laughs) But <laughs> moving past my <laughs> embarrassing moments of not recognizing words, uh, Abby, how are you? How was your life? Um, you said that you just got back from the pottery studio, right? Yeah. How was it? Yeah, baby. Um, it was good. I am a member of a pottery studio. Which one? Bitterroot. Hell yeah. It's a really nice one. Um, it's a good community. That's great. I've been a member since like in the summer um so about like six months Mm -hmm. but yeah i love it it's like my safe space but the thing important to have yeah the thing is that 
they are revamping their whole image. What do you mean whole image? Like, it's like literally, it's Soho House, but like a pottery studio. A, a Soho House? It feels like Soho House mm. because it's so fancy. Really? Yeah. So like, basically they have the bottom floor rented and it's like a really nice studio. Yeah. Open, like exposed brick. Yeah, yeah. Like really artsy, but also just kind of like chill and it's rugged homey yeah Yeah, it's rugged but then they just opened up their studio on the fifth floor which is like the top floor of the building the penthouse penthouse and it's the whole floor of this building wow which is huge like you go up the elevator and then you go into this like reception area and Mm. then there's like these red neon sign and like the big bitter root sign that's cool and then there's this like statue that's floating on the wall in front of you and it's like a gold woman okay i kid you not like i have a photo of it you have to show me yeah um and then you go through the doors and it's just like this hallway of mirrors Hmm. and then on one side it's like a glass door that leads you onto like the balcony with like a koi pond with huge like all these koi fish dude that's so cool it's so cool and then it's this whole like rooftop wow. with heaters and um, th- since it's still a pottery studio, there's like pottery wheels all outside too. So you can like throw outside. That's so cool. Um, and then there's a view of the Hollywood Hills. Dang dude. Like eight, 180 degree view. That's so freaking cool. It's so nice. And then there's a little like a little side of it has a greenhouse um, with like a bunch of plants very aesthetic um then there's just like the normal studio where you're working and it's state-of-the-art dude the fact that you keep on saying that there's more and more dude it's huge holy jesus and then on the other side of the pond (laughs) like (laughs) literally um in asia in asia the other side of the pond um there's another studio space and a really beautiful like uh conference room and then like a fire pit <laughs> it's it, crazy dude there's a so swing cool. there's like a like a really aesthetically pleasing like chair swing <laughs> it's like i'm not kidding when i say it's the soho house pottery studios that's so cool dude i didn't know it was that that complex yeah I thought it was just like so i've been in the first floor like i took a class there right right right. Uh, and i was like oh you know this is kind of small um but cute i could see how people work in here all the time but didn't really recognize that there's multiple floors to it but that's so freaking cool you'll have to show me sometime if i'm allowed in there yeah i think i could bring you up oh that'd be cool yeah. i like that i want to see freaking koi fish yeah they're cute um, um all the things there koi fish are on the top see top look at this list. that's like the <laughs> lobby gold woman like i'm not kidding She's very sensual. I know. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, is this a pottery studio or is this something else? No, it does not look like a pottery studio. It's that's freaking wild. It's wild. Um, I can see what you mean by Soho House. Mm-hmm. And like, there's they're also leaning into like the the aesthetic is like cherub. Like it's giving it's giving cherub. Okay. Um and like old ancient like french countryside Mm. like (laughs) 
It's I don't know if I love it. It's Ch- like as if you were to be plopped on the veranda of like an like a southern French villa. <laughs> and words. you look down, yeah, words. You look down and it's like all these like sculptures of like people and like little cherubs and angels and stuff. That's so cute. Yeah, and then like really beautiful plants and vines. Mhm. Like that's the aesthetic of this pottery studio. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. That And gold women. And gold women. Uh no brass women. Uh only gold. No brass. Um yeah. all about that brass baby. But anyway, that's dude, that wild. is actually wild. It looks beautiful. I'm yeah. I'm definitely coming with you next time. There's a chandelier. Why? Mul- multiple chandeliers. Just really? Hanging. Yeah, like above the this wheels. Is a pottery it's, studio. Yeah, we're literally like we're playing with dirt. You, <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing with dirt. <laughs> Wet dirt. And it's like all the people that join pottery studios are like like I feel like we're cool, but we're also like very chill and like we don't care about that stuff. True. But then this is like the whole rebrand is like it, it was literally Liberace's apartment. Like it's a historical building. Leaning um, into it. And we're leaning into it. Speaking about leaning in, what are you leaning into these days? Uh can you be more specific? <laughs> um is there like any part of your life that you, you feel like you're like really leaning into? Um, that yeah. you weren't before. I think like I'm really leaning into being scared. Boo. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like really leaning into being scared in uncomfortable places, but also being brave enough to handle them. I'm finding the difference between confidence and bravery. Uh, and the more that I'm becoming more brave, the more confident I am. Because you can't be confident without the practice, right? And the only way to get that practice is if you're in an uncomfortable situation and you get the practice, whether it's good or bad, and you like become more comfortable in that situation. If it's continuously good or at least like overall good and you have positive experiences and you learn from them, um, then you become more confident. So the more that I've leaned into uncomfortable situations saying like, I know I can handle this. Uh, like and being scared by it just means I get more confident and being able to handle myself better. Right. I guess it's like the thing of if you write down, I've never done this, but like if you write down everything that scares you, mm-hmm. that is tangible mm-hmm. that you could overcome and then you just like face it one by one, then you'll realize that like you're, you don't have anything to be afraid of and like you can be fearless. Yeah. You can be. (laughs) (laughs) Really quick side note. So earlier today, Abby was making like references to things I had no idea were references. So stuff like that, when she just starts singing, yeah, I just assume that they're just Abby being Abby. (laughs) Well, that, that time it was, Oh, okay. that time it was going to be like a ballad that I just made up. Got it. But then I started laughing and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So it is just Abby being yeah. happy. Got it. You can be fearless. <laughs> <laughs> you 
can live your oh, dream. I love that so much, dude. That's actually pretty cool, this though. This is why I'm not a singer. Oh, dude, relatable. Um, <laughs> so relatable. But uh, like, I really like that idea of writing down things that are tangible that you can overcome. Um, I think actually what's really interesting is that dreams can kind of show that, too. I don't mm. know if I talked about my dream with my dad, right? No. No? Okay, cool. So... Growing up, even through college, I had this reoccurring nightmare of me running away from my dad. Like, he was chasing mm. after me and, like, wanting to hurt me. I don't know exactly why, mm. but chasing after me. And I'm, like, a big dude. I weigh between 180, 190 pounds. I'm 5'11". Um, big dude in general. Like, pretty, pretty fit, I would like to say. Uh, like, when I, like, <laughs> Abby's like, shut the fuck up. You are very fit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I read it, but I like, I think I'm, I'm pretty fit and okay. like I could throw a punch and hurt someone. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be on the other end of that. Yeah. But you have pretty strong arms. Thank you. And yeah. Upper I, body. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, climbing helps a ton and lifting. Yeah. Uh, but so he would chase after me, but eventually like somehow I would be on top of him. Like for example, if I'm if he's laying down, I'm on like his stomach and like trying to punch him or whatever and mm. punching him in the face like multiple oh, times. Oh damn, it's personal. But every time he would just like look at me as if nothing phased him. Oh my God, that's scary. It was very scary and get like this oh, grin God. of like, oh my you're God. fucking worthless and powerless. Ugh, I just got chills. Yeah, it was, it, it was reoccurring. I would be in freaking college, like that's 20, horrible. 21, 22. You're just trying to fight back against him and he just nothing phases him. And exactly. No matter what you do because of your physical strength. Yeah. Even well, though you have that, it's not helpful. Yeah. And I think that's like you can play that into a lot of things, especially like why maybe partially why I actually lift and like got big was because I wanted to feel power because I want to like not be a fat kid anymore. I grew up as a fat kid. I wanted to like stop feeling powerless and being bullied because of it. Um, yeah. I have like body image issues, all these different things. So it kind of plays into it. Mm -hmm. But eventually one day, like very recently, I want to say within like a month or two, um, I had, is that true? Within, with like n not too long ago, um, I had a dream where I was backpacking with my dad. Mind you, I don't like, tr like hiking or backpacking in general, but I was backpacking I with my dad. Um, and I think my mom, my little sister and my parents are separate, but my, uh, my dad was just like yelling at me and yelling at me and yelling at me, not even at like the other two and one. And eventually I just like stand up and I go, dad, you're going to shut up and you're going to listen to me. And I say like a sentence that has like eight words in it. Speci like, I don't know why I remember it. eight words because I think it's because four words in he starts talking over me again. He's like, this is so boring. And I just mm. yell back. I'm like, no, you're listening to me. You're going to shut up and listen to me for like the first time. Yeah. And it was like the first time that I actually like stood up to him. Yeah. And it felt really good. Yeah. It felt really, really good. And I'm like, I think it just kind of showed that I've gained more confidence in myself and more bravery to like stand up. Yeah. So, so it's just like leaning into the scared parts of my life has been really monumental to my growth and yeah. it's like showing in my subconscious too yeah i love that 
Thanks. I think it's interesting how when you you can't beat him with your physical strength, but you can beat him with your verbal strength Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. your boundaries and your mental strength. True. Like the more you become mentally strong and secure. The less I have to rely on the physical parts. Yeah. That's true. That's actually a really good point. That I think that also plays into my relationship with my little sister. So when I was younger, she would just like poke my buttons. She's like two and a half years younger than me. She would <laughs> poke my buttons. It's like a little sister thing. Yeah, all the yeah. time. And the and the thing was is like I always got in trouble because of it. Like I always got in trouble. At least that's what it felt like. Um, I don't know if it's always true, but she would do something. I would react accordingly. And then I would get in trouble for like, say, hitting her or making her cry or whatever, right? And either she would get away with it or I felt like she got away with it or she would maybe get like some blame, right? And it was very like frustrating because she knew I would get in trouble and it pissed me off. Mm. So I have a vivid memory of uh, she's probably like three or four. I'm probably around six, seven. and she's punching me like on my arm or my back or whatever, just like punching me and punching me and punching me. I'm like, you saw stop, like telling her to stop multiple times. You saw to stop. You saw to stop. You saw to stop. Uh, like you, like you're, you're not really hurting me, but like you need to stop. You're making me angry. I'm going to push you. You're going to cry and I'm going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I say these things. Cause you have more strength or, or at least like, even though she started it. Well, it's not even about strength. It's just like, I'm going to push her and then she's going to cry because I pushed her. Yeah. Like, I'm, like I just said that. I'm going to push you. you like, please stop. You're going to cry and I'm going to get in trouble. Please stop. Like, said this over and over. And eventually she, I just like pushed her and she cried and then I got in trouble. Uh. And I was like, bro, what else am I supposed to do? I communicated all the things and I just felt like I couldn't do anything, right? Huh. Like, my emotional and mental capabilities just felt like thwarted all the time. Mm. Like they were always just with her or just in general when in you were general, growing up. Yeah. Like I was bullied like from <sighs> this little kid who was much smaller than me that I definitely could have overcame. Mm-hmm. Um he was like this skinny little the skinny little kid um like with a Damn. chihuahua complex. Yeah, the audacity. Uh, he had like a lot of issues at home, so yeah, you know, it as tends a, to happen. As it, yeah, it tends to happen. Um, and then, like, got bullied by not bullied, but like pestered by my little sister, and then my dad, like, being my dad and being an asshole and like screwing me over all the time, definitely taking my sister's time, my sister's side all the time. So I just like felt like I had no safe space, and so the only thing I could really rely on was my physical stuff, right? Um, but even then it was really frustrating because I didn't know, like I couldn't do anything because then I would get in trouble. Like Mm -hmm. I felt so powerless. It would be like a constant warfare of like, I don't know what to do. I have all this rage. Dude, did you ever, have you ever, um, get like so emotional and then all of a sudden you just like snap and you're like, I'm tired. I can't feel anything anymore. Yeah. I would be in my room just like raging, like crying, yell like not yelling because I didn't want to like cause anything, but just like like 
beating either myself or like a pillow or like being physical or just like having so much rage and all this emotion and confusion and hurt. And then all of a sudden, like I'm just, I'd be screaming into a pillow and all of a sudden everything, like I felt like a snap, like literally just snaps. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm tired. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. I just like can fall asleep right then there. Was it because you got out your energy and you got out that rage? No, it's because my nervous system literally just couldn't take it anymore. Oh, yeah. It just, like, got so overwhelmed that it just, like, said, I'm done. Like, it just Mm. shut off. And, like, it was such a visceral response. It'd be, like, from I could kill someone right now to I'm a sloth. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever experienced that. Oh, I hated that feeling. I'm, like, I... I needed help. I and needed you haven't help. felt like that in a long time, right? No. I definitely still get angry and annoyed, yeah, but I've never been. Normal. Yeah, exactly. But I've like, as a kid, I had so much emotion. Angst. Oh, this is more than angst. More than angst. It was depression, anxiety, and, and mania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and on top of that, being bullied and having mm. like a shitty traumatic childhood. Not like When I like met you at the camp. Uh-huh. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. I mean, it's like a lot to go into. I, yeah. Um, I, well, maybe you did tell me some stuff. I don't think I did. I probably let, like either withheld a lot of it, but also what I find to be true is that the brightest smiles tend to have the darkest past. Um, it's just that a lot of people who are really happy or like seem to be happy um or really bubbly tend to have like a lot of issues like not tend to have a lot of issues tend to have had a background of like either trauma or problems or is currently facing through something like they put on this smile so that they don't have to think about it and don't have to talk about it it's a very much like defensive mechanism to where like if i just ignore it and no one pays attention to it I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Or I don't have to be embarrassed by it. Yeah. And if let's say no one notices it, it, maybe it's not real. Exactly. Or like I'm embarrassed by how shitty my life is or I'm embarrassed by how I feel or whatever. Right. Like all these different things. It's just like I cannot even go. I cannot handle this being like showing this to you. Yeah. Whatever it is. So you compartmentalize. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like their way of coping. It's just like if I am pretend to be happy, hopefully eventually I will be. Mm, so sad. It is very sad. It's very, very sad. Um, and it's either like for some people, they've gone past it, which is great. Um, I find that I've gone past a lot of my trauma and I don't feel like I'm not a lot of it, but I feel like I've gone past a lot of my, uh, like negative self-talk, a lot of my depression medication and therapy goes such a long way that I can now like be smiley and bubbly and like be genuine, but understand and have that empathy for other people and sympathy. But for other people, it might be that they are experiencing it right now and they're trying to get like not pay attention to it i had a conversation with one of my friends who's kind of going through that and he's just like such a sweetheart um but have all these like issues that they just don't want to talk about 
So, mm-hmm. you know, just, and I feel like a lot of kids do that. Yeah, I feel like I was going through that, like, for a while in high school, mm-hmm. like college, like the end of high school, the beginning of college. And it didn't really manifest until, like, it was too, too much, too intense. Can you explain a little bit more? Like, like I would have a lot of like negative emotions around hooking up with people. Okay. And like, I would feel very, and it came from like some like traumatic past okay. that happened to me. Mm-hmm. But I would be like sexual, you know, and like I'm a sexual person. Yeah. So I'd want to hook up with people and people would want to hook up with me. Mm-hmm. And I think I didn't also expect like the attention that I got in college. Because mm. I, I was very like ignored in high school. Yeah. By people in my class. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of like, oh, I'm attractive to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So I would like hook up with a lot of guys and I think that I like I would go a little bit overboard. Okay. Like hook up with more guys and like my friends mm-hmm. and just like had a lot of one night stands mm-hmm. and then it became a part of like I would feel so low afterwards mm-hmm. and like so much shame. Yeah. Because I when I realized like they didn't even care about me and I was just like a body, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it got to a point where like I was just like taking too much medication and like <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yeah. Got it. Just really trying to work through it and Yeah. Like cries for help. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's it manifests in so many ways. Um I'm I'm happy that you moved through it. I feel like you've you are a sexual person, but I feel like you're a lot healthier about it now. Yeah. Um, and I hope you don't have these negative feelings. No, no, no. Great. Like I put, I put up more boundaries. Great. I love that. Yeah. Very healthy. Um, but it, it's just like so much can like, there's so many, well, oh my God, what is it called? Like either symptoms or, uh, ways that it just manifests like trauma the way that we show our cries for help it can be in so many different ways what's really sad is that um, do you know the DSM or what it is yeah yeah I forget what it's actual what it actually stands for but it's like diagnosis diagnosis of like or diagnoses of, mm. of some, I don't know. I forget. Um, but it's like a book. It's the book of all the diagnoses of mental health and like different disorders and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, and what's really sad is that they have done so many studies and so much research and all this effort and time and money and so much science to show that there is a disorder that is just from trauma. Hmm. And like it's, it shows in so many different ways. 
However, the DSM and like the the people that put put it together did not include it, have not included it, and still don't include it. Um, despite having so many published papers, so many peer reviews, it's all there. And so that's why psychiatrists can't say like, oh, you have like traumatic disorder or trauma disorder. Like the closest thing that they could say is like either P PTSD or like bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder, all these like adjacent disorders. Yeah. I was thinking of PTSD. Yeah. How is that different from that? So post-traumatic stress disorder is manifest in very specific ways. And it comes from like one instance or like Mm -hmm. a couple of different instances. It tends to be like one generic event or one event or a series of events. And it's the closest thing like to what it is, but how your body physically reacts, um, it like can manifest in different ways. I can't give you the full uh, definition but I just know that, for example, like I have a lot of trauma. I am also more likely to have bipolar disorder because I think I have family history of it. Hmm. Um, however, that doesn't mean that I actually do have bipolar disorder. It could be that I have it and it was triggered by my trauma. It could yeah. be that I have trauma and it shows in different ways of bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. For some people, trauma can show up as borderline personality disorder. For some people, it can show up as psychosis. For some people, it can show up as, I forget, there's like OD. OOD. It's like um, it's it's like a disorder where you go against authority. Um, mm. Yeah. And so it's like you can be prescribed or not prescribed. Uh, diagnosed as these other adjacent disorders and psychiatrists use these that way they can prescribe you the appropriate medication Mm. however they're not exactly perfect labels because that's why you get a lot of people that have like different diagnoses all the time yeah because it can be like oh you have bipolar disorder oh you have uh bpd oh you have uh what's it called like schizophrenia or or ptsd or whatever um, because it's like not a perfect science. Uh, but on top of that, there's just like, n- there aren't enough definitions. It's treating, it's going about it like going, like, uh, labeling the things around the issue mm-hmm. and treating it right, like adjacent to the issue, but not actually treating like the heart of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, unfortunate. it's unfortunate in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, that's why so many people can struggle with medication. It's because you can get 10 different diagnoses from 10 different psychiatrists, unfortunately. Um, And all the medications related to those diagnoses can affect you differently. And there's also multiple medications for just one diagnosis, right? For example, anxiety was there's like Lexapro, there's Prozac, right? All these different things. Yeah. All for just anxiety. And then for mood swings, you can take like uh, an anticonvulsant. You can take an antipsychotic. Like you can take antidepressants. Um, Like there's so many different things. For example, I am bipolar type two. So like the lesser form. 
uh, there's type one, type two. And I take an anticonvulsant because it's a mood stabilizer. So it makes you less compulsive? Anticonvulsant. Oh, oh, convulsant. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said anticonvulsant. No, anticonvulsant. So it's like, hmm. uh, so that I don't convulse. Like, but that's just, that was the primary use of the medication. What is convulse? Con- like having a seizure. Oh. Like convulsing. Could you have a seizure? Uh, actually, I did have a seizure, even while oh. on my medication. Um, oh, no. It it was a very specific, very, very, like, stressful, specific time in my life. Yeah. Um, very, like, one-off, super spe- specific. Super stressful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was actually really interesting because uh, I had, um, like, some other family was going through something similar and some other stress. Uh, and it just shows, like, how intertwine the body and the mind are like you can manifest such different uh physical reactions based off of how your mental and emotional states are yeah it's really crazy it's uh, crazy that's crazy man. it's so crazy it's just mad work <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> is that an, this, that's another thing that you might not have heard no i you I, don't know so- that one it sounds God familiar it. is it from the princess bride i think so i think so yeah too. yeah yeah yeah. so crazy it just might work from like inigo montoya that one i i know someone someone knows it someone gets yeah. it that moment you didn't ruin the moment but it's just it's it's a lot like all these different medications just for different diagnoses and people have different times and different reactions to different medications like i was on an antidepressant and that actually made me more suicidal oh Um, no yeah it got real bad oh yeah it was it like so you know like the the little door stoppers the things that prevent the actual door from hitting the wall. They're like little pegs that stick out from the wall, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes they're on the top, sometimes they're on the bottom, right? Yeah. So I have one in my bedroom on the top. And I also have shibari rope. No. Yeah. Uh, so when I was 22 and I was living in my apartment and I like was going through it, I was having such a bad episode. Um, I tried to hang myself off of that. But it broke. Oh, my God. So I think about that a lot. <sighs> like, if that thing didn't broke break, I would definitely be dead right now. Like, I was oh like, this God. is, it's done. Like, there's too much. So, wow. yeah. Um, talk to my psychiatrist. I got my antidepressants from a family doctor. What was it called? Family. Yeah, family doctor, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was talked into going seeing a family doctor. And I go... Hey, I'm depressed. I have these symptoms. Like I have I have for sure at least major depression disorder. And he goes, "Cool, I'll prescribe you antidepressants." I'm like, "Can I talk about it?" He goes, "Just take these. You'll be fine." I'm like, "Okay." And I started taking them and I felt like I would take them and dude, I felt so like walking on air. Like just did not give a fuck. Oh. Like, 
It was so crazy for like the first three months, and eventually it wore off, and it just kept going down. And oh, down, you down. felt worse, yeah. Yeah, because it was it was an SSRI, uh, serotonin reuptake. Yeah, yeah, it affects people differently. Differently, yeah. Fun fact about those is that if you're on an SSRI and you take, for example, Molly, uh, because it just produces more serotonin, you won't actually feel any of the effects of Molly because the SSRI oh. just takes up all that serotonin. It reuptakes. Yep. Yeah, baby. So you don't take, so you actually, it just doesn't do anything uh, to you. You don't feel anything, I should say, from Molly. Yeah. If you're on an SSRI. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so like that really fucked with me and I became much more like mood, like unstable and depressed and manic. Um, so then I had to like get off those and get on my anticonvulsants. We had to play with my dosage for a while, but dude. It, I got really lucky. I got really. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Same, same, dude. And thank you. Uh, it's just really, it just makes me really sad because I got lucky and a lot of people don't, right? A right. lot of people are scared of medication. A lot of people, even if it's just like for anxiety, like people can have such different reactions and some, and like changing medication sucks really badly because it's so stressful and your body's like changing its hormones and playing with your brain chemistry uh for example say you're switching from like lexapro to prozac you have to wane off one and then go into another yeah you have to wait for one to fully stop before you can have another one kick in but that just means in between you're super emotional again and depressed and you feel not yourself and you're just like i'm falling back into these things and you feel kind of helpless and Maybe even like the new medication doesn't work, right? It's just, it's mm. so hard. Medication's so hard. And it's unfortunate how when we have all this science and it doesn't get published and doesn't get accepted to help so many people, it's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Ugh. I think that talk therapy really helps me personally. Like, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had points where I have asked if it would be good for me to go on medication mm-hmm. or like an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. But then they're always like, like the therapists are always like, no, I don't think we need that right now. Like, I don't think that, like, I think we should keep doing this, see if this works before going on medication. Yeah. Which I think is nice because I'd rather not be on it. Yeah. But I I don't know. It Yeah, it's different for different people. Because um, I'm not depressed right now. I mean, so depression, uh, the way that you diagnose it is not like consistent. I think major mm-hmm. depression disorder or I think major depression disorder, I think is like if you're depressed for two weeks out of like at a time or like a couple days out of two weeks. I forget something with two weeks. Um, or you take like a test and it like shows you like how severe it is. Uh, I remember taking like the test that they have people take to see how depressed you were. And I was like, Oh my God, I am so fucked dude. It was like the lowest score. I was like, like the, the, like every, degree like every severity is like a point basically yeah so say it's like on a scale of one to five how true is this i'd be like five so it's five points and i like hit 
the minimum amount of points for like the maximum severe uh, uh, depression. I was like, cool, oh cool, 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 cool. Love this. Great. Yeah. Great time. Um, it was <laughs> so fun. So flirty. So great. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> uh, um, I said really briefly, I saw a post where it's just like, you know, those, those, uh, like that trend of like, Oh, got your coping mechanism. Let's see what it is. And it's just like the word slay. It's like, that's not a coping oh. mechanism. <laughs> yeah, slay is not a coping mechanism. <laughs> PSA. I've tried that. It didn't work. Um, but for medication, it's just supposed to take the edge off. Like it's not supposed, it's not meant to be your solution. It's supposed to be help. It's not going to solve everything. Like you're still going to have those underlying issues. It's just supposed to help make them manageable. Yeah. You're not supposed to not feel anything because then you don't feel the good things. Yeah. And I think luckily like I'm able to manage it on my own right now. That's Um, great. I have been able to, except for like, I did see a psychiatrist once. Mm -hmm. I need to see him again. Mm -hmm. And he prescribed me some like, uh, anti anxiety things for bed. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's, I have a lot of anxiety around that. Yeah, there's like, what? There's like those really strong. What is Xanax? Like that kind of it's stuff. It's like, right? yeah, it's like trazodone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what is it. Xanax, basically. No, it's not Xanax. I don't think it's Xanax. It's he. It's he said it's not addictive. No, I don't think it is. Which is great. Um, but it's just like meant to knock you out. It's for panic attacks. Oh. It's like for severe panic attacks. And so the way that it works is that it just it helps calm you and knock you out. Yeah. That's what I needed. Yeah. I was having a lot. I <laughs> am very sorry to hear that. That's okay. And I hope that you get to see him. Um, yeah. If you need one, my, my psychiatrist is sick. I love oh, him. Oh. I really like that guy. Cool. So. But, but yeah. thank you. If you ever need a therapist and or a psychiatrist, I love both of them. Uh <laughs> Go to therapythought at gmail.com. <laughs> I love both of them so much. One of them's name is Abby. Yeah. The other is Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us is the psych- the therapist and the psychiatrist? You seem to know more about drugs. So <laughs> <laughs> you're the psychiatrist and I'm the therapist. Okay. I, I kind of dig that. Cool. I'm down for that. Um, one thing to note is that if you take slash want slash need medication you are not a failure no and you're not failing someone needs to hear this right now you are not a failure of a human being just because you have different brain chemistry just because you have way more emotions than someone else Mm -hmm. just because you see something else just because you feel something else it doesn't make you a failure of a different person. If anything, it makes you more cool. It makes you more awesome. It yeah. means that you have so much more personality, so much more depth. <laughs> you have a superpower. You have a superpower. A sixth sense, if you will. <laughs> just just know that it's okay and it's it can be very scary to try different medications, to be on medication. Mm-hmm. But there is, if just like everything else, being a little scared probably means that there is some growth to be had 
Like just a little scared, right? You're fearless. That's <laughs> <laughs> Abby referencing Abby, Abby right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's completely acceptable. You are more than enough. You are an amazing human. Just just please be kind to yourself. There's yeah. more than enough of you for everyone to love. Um, and medication is very safe. It can be very scary. Um, again, if you are experiencing things, please don't hide them. Uh, for example, I like told my psychiatrist that I was like having more suicidal ideation. And he's like, cool, let's not do that. Yeah, let's switch it up. <laughs> let's switch it up. And when I was like, hey, I don't know if I need more of my current medication. He goes, well, let's try it. And then when I was like, I don't know if I need more, if I need more talk therapy, he goes, let's start with the talk therapy. Like we found the happy medium where you have cut like the edges off, but now you still have like the issues that you need to work on. So just, it's okay. Try. There are people there to support you. Find your support system, have them help you through it and have them Mm. be understanding um mm-hmm. and then i promise it will it will be better it will be better yeah dude thinking about like six-year-old me or four-year-old me or eight-year-old me like the little kid inside of me that still lives there um it's freaking wild. Like I'm the type of person that grew up is just like, if it's happening now, it will forever happen. Right. Cause like, it's just going to be my oh, life forever. Like the feeling. Yeah. 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 Realizing that like feelings are fleeting and that you can healthily pass through them mm-hmm. and feel them and then they'll go away. Mm-hmm. It's like a huge part of my growth. It, yeah. Feeling the feeling. Yeah. Feeling the feeling like you can only feel a feeling for like a minute and a half or whatever. Yeah. And any more than that is you're, you're putting more emphasis on it than it needs to be. Mm. But then if you really like let yourself feel the feeling, like the bad feelings Mm -hmm. instead of stuffing it down. Mm -hmm. Like I always thought that if I really like acknowledged my pain and like how sad I was that I would start crying and never stop. Yeah. And so that stopped me from like feeling emotions in general. Heard. But then when I realized like if I do feel sad and I do cry, like the tears stop. Mm. And then like you feel better. Yeah. Just saying like it's okay to be sad. Yeah. And then being sad. But then it like passes. Yeah. It does. Rather than holding on to it. Yeah. My, My only argument is that with anger, specifically anger, and like rage um you the cortisol levels can sp- like can spike uh like the like the um hormones 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 in your brain uh we'll just say molecules molecules in your brain will shoot up when you're angry and it takes like 15 to 20 minutes for you to actually calm down For example, that's why like road rage is such a thing. Like once you get annoyed Uh, once, it's easier for you to continue to be annoyed. Yeah. And continue to be angry and you become irritable. So that's why people are like, I just got to take a walk. Yeah. To cool off. Yeah. You're literally like cooling down your cortisol levels. Yeah. Like today I was super annoyed. I had to go service my car 
and it took freaking five hours for transmission fluid and way more money than I expected. And so I was just like annoyed and tired and frustrated. And I had like work to do and I had to like move around and it was just very annoying. And then I was like kind of pissy in the car. I'm just like, I'm angry. And then I felt the anger. I was like, God, this sucks. And then after a while, like I've recognized the fact that I'm going to be angry for a little bit longer. So I felt the emotion. I was like, it's okay to be angry. I'm in my car. I'm going to be annoyed. Let's just play some music. Just like feel it out. And then when I got home, I'm just like, I'm tired. I'm going to chill out. And now I'm not like as annoyed or angry. I'm just like, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, and instead of being like, God, today sucked. And I hate the dealership and blah, blah, blah. It's just yeah. Like, My life sucks. Yeah. It, yeah. It does help. I'm not saying that these things can't actually be long-term effects of like, for example, you can have trauma and be like, this is an emotion I can't really handle right now. But like give your time give your give yourself some space to be like i need to just process mm-hmm. again journaling talking things through talking out loud oh just God, like yeah. saying i feel this emotion go to a feelings wheel look if you don't know what a feelings wheel is look it up and just look at I don't all know the feelings dude feelings wheels are awesome they help me out so much sometimes like when i was really uh trying to understand like all my emotions especially when i was dating my ex my therapist is just like, how do you feel? I'm like, bad. And she goes, can you give me more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know. So then she goes, go to your feelings wheel. And I get, went to my feelings wheel and it starts like, okay, like happy, <laughs> angry, sad. And then there's like subsex. And then there's subsex of subsex. Um, and it just like gives you a bunch of, of words to describe, adjectives to describe your emotions. Nouns, adjectives. Happy is a adjective. Adjective, yeah. Yeah, it, that sounds really helpful. It is very helpful. Print one out, or just like have one bookmark. I use yeah. that. I use it a ton. Yeah, talking through is good. Um, I remember once I was driving. This was like a couple years ago. I was like driving from from LA to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It was. I think I was driving for Thanksgiving or something. Mm-hmm. I was alone, six hour drive, and normally I just put on podcasts, like zone out. I have this really great podcast called Therapy Thoughts. You should check oh, it out. Oh, no way. <laughs> where Where is it? I think it's on everything. I need. Is actually, it? I actually need to put it on Apple Music. Yeah. Right I think it's on Spotify, though. It is on Spotify. And I think sure. that it would be really great if people rated it. <laughs> <laughs> and five stars at that. Oh, funny. Um Okay, podcast in the car. Podcast. So normally I do podcasts or like music or whatever. But then I don't know. That time I was just feeling like very emotional. Mm -hmm. And I ended up spending like, I don't know, not even that long, like 20 minutes talking to myself. Like I sounded insane. But I was Mm -hmm. just talking to myself while driving. And I was talking through all of my feelings and trauma Yeah, from like... A period of my life that I like haven't really Process. forgiven myself for, mm, you know? Yeah. And like realized my own culpability in it, you know? Yeah. And kind of like forgiven my younger self, saying like it was also really shitty. Yeah. To you. Yeah. Yeah. I do get that. I really do get that. I have tried to do the same thing. Um, 
and some like thing it gets easier every time mm-hmm. like there again we've talked about shame and guilt and how there's some things just like locked away uh, but every time I think of like the things that I'm shameful of or really sad or hurt by every time I like feel it it definitely makes it easier and easier and easier um, to like not be as ashamed and be saying like okay give myself a little bit of grace things are okay people are fine um it's gonna be okay right Right. and just like moving forward and even if things aren't fine it's just like okay well we accept the things that have happened we adjust and we can move forward right um forgiveness is really important yeah especially to ourselves Yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot it's hard dude it's so hard so hard what i've been like trying to promote my friends to say or to do is to talk to yourself as if you're talking to a friend. Yeah. Um, We talked about this before too. Yeah. Where it's like, you would never say to a friend, like you're such a shitty person. Mm. Right. But to yourself, you can say like, I'm such a shitty person. Like we have such specific negative talk to ourselves way harsher than to our friends, mainly because it's learned somewhere. Right. Either like, parent or uh an adult or whatever um but just like like start talking to you to yourself as like you are and then going from there helps so much and then we can start moving forward with like the healing process self-talk is huge yeah also the subconscious is really dumb it does not understand sarcasm so whenever you make like a self-deprecating joke your subconscious fully believes it mm-hmm. so please stop making self-deprecating jokes yeah stop being mean to yourself stop being mean to my friends no one is no one's saying it you know yeah like you're the only one really being mean to you true like, true and like sometimes that's the most important person to like to actually listen to yeah you need to hype yourself up mm-hmm. right and you know difference between confidence and arrogance um but just being okay with Saying, yeah, I'm pretty sick, you know, not being an asshole about it, but just being like, I'm a cool guy. I'm actually a good human. Yeah. Crazy like, idea. I'm kind of fun. Yeah. People like to hang out with me, I guess. <laughs> that means I'm probably pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I look at all the people around me. Yeah. Look at all the people. At all the people. How many people does he need? How many boys? How many girls? How many people does he? I really need this job. No. What? Well, have you not seen like Land of the no. Lost? Like Will Ferrell? That's, oh, is this a Will Ferrell thing? Yeah. It was like that. Uh, it was like a See, now I don't you're know. Doing I actually it. don't even remember where it was from. Now you're the it, one being like. Weird reference. reference. Yeah. I mean, I only have like five movies yeah. in my head and SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> I'm number one. Wait, no. What is it? Yeah. He, he was, was number, number one. one. That's such a good one. I'm so happy that we can confide in ourselves, like in me and you and you and me. Yeah, in each other. And technically with everyone that listens, but the fact that we can provide such a safe space with each other is Mm -hmm. so amazing, Abby. Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Like, I'm such a special person. And... (laughs) Yeah. I'm so lucky to have you in my life. I love you. I love you.
you too. I love you so much. I love you. And I love my friends. And I love the fact that we get to be friends. And the fact that we get to do things like this. Uh-huh. And the fact that we get to hang out. And yeah, the fact that we live so close to each other. Like literally down the street. Like who knew? It's, it's so funny. No one knew. No one knew. No one knew. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I am so happy and so lucky. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I'm. If you made it through this episode, congrats. Love uh, you. We love you. Um, if you have any concerns, please reach out to your support system. Yeah. Don't hesitate to tell people and talk about it. Talk about your, what you're going through because mm-hmm. it does help. It does help. It does help. We wish you the best. We love you. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're kind. You're smart. All the things. Good night. Good night. <laughs>